Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Just because you believe in Christ doesn't make you a Christian. I know for some of you, you may be wondering why I would say such a thing, but but let me explain it this way. Even Satan believes in Christ, but that doesn't make him a Christian. And let me put it another way. Just because you believe that you're a ham sandwich doesn't make you one of those as well. What really makes you a Christian is that you have given your life over to Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive you of your sins and, and, and developed a true relationship with him. If, if you don't do that, then the Bible says that, that you, you can't be forgiven. If you do that, though, he will forgive you of your sins. Since, since payment for sin is death, we know that, that there, is a, there is a debt to be paid when we sin, and we all sin. And that debt, that payment for that debt of sin is death. Our debt is paid by Christ since he was put to death and rose again from the dead for us. He didn't have to pay that. He never sinned, but he was put to death. And so he can make that payment for us now. Now, according to a report from the Pew Research Center just just a few years ago, only 49% of millennials consider themselves Christian, compared to 84% of Americans in their mid-70s or older. This could be caused by a few things, I would think. One of which is that people just don't call themselves Christians anymore. It was a, a thing for a long time that, you know, if you were an American, you were a, you were a Christian. <laughs> Many people equated the two. Um, it, it is no longer socially acceptable to be a Christian now, though. And I also think that because of this and, and this, and this change in our society, if, if you proclaim to be a Christian, you really mean it now. Because you are not willing to, to put up with the negatives that come with it if, if you don't really have that relationship. Now, Douglas um, McCannon is uh, a writer for Fox News. And back just uh, about oh, four years ago or so, he wrote uh, an article where he said, Here in the United States, Christians and Christianity are mocked and they're belittled and they're smeared and attacked by some on a daily basis. And this is a bigoted practice that is not only increasingly uh, happening, but, but it's being encouraged and sanctioned by a number on the left. Too many of those who worship at the altar of political correctness have deemed that Christianity should no longer be respected. Rather, they assail it on a regular basis in a coordinated campaign to weaken the faith at its base. The prevailing view in much of the media is that Christianity is aligned with Republicans. It's aligned with conservatives or maybe the views of President Trump or somebody. <laughs> and therefore, it must be diminished and, and, uh, and it may be made suspect. The, the New, York, New Yorker just uh, described the, the opening of a Chick-fil-A restaurant in New York City. 
get this, as pervasive Christian traditionalism and a creepy infiltration of New York City. Christianity is an infiltration to some on the left. In in college, they now teach about the evils of Christian privilege. Yes, that's what I said. Christian privilege on Broadway, in, in theaters and around the world, they, they mock Christians. And, and, and they've become massively um, you know, profitable at, at making uh, the slamming of Christians uh, a money-making venture. Uh, in name, on, on the crucifix, and in art, Jesus Christ is, is desecrated in, in most, some really most twisted and obscene ways. In movies, on television, and online, Christians are portrayed in the most dishonest and, and prejudiced, um, insulting ways. Across the country, Christian uh, colleges are under constant assault from social justice warriors, and they're, they're seeking to strip their accreditation and put them out of business. Christian groups on campus are at times being persecuted. Their, their um, offices and, 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 and ha- handouts that they, they give away are vandalized, and members are, are actually being put into uh, physical harm with, with being physically assaulted. In a nation that is still majority Christian, those who follow the faith have been really been browbeaten into being fearful to utter the words, Merry Christmas. <laughs> we, we can't say Merry Christmas anymore. It's Happy Holidays or, or something to that effect. Uh, or, or how about displaying a nativity scene? You know, the one celebrating the, the only reason that we have a Christmas day in the first place? <laughs> want, to say, want, want to stay true to your Christian faith in the most um, innocuous of ways? Well, to do so is becoming more and more perilous by the minute. When you stop to ponder just a, a sampling of the, of the negative consequences, like, like, for example, a high school football coach is fired for taking a knee in prayer. A teacher is fired for giving a Bible to a student who requested it. A Marine is cursed at and then court-martialed for not removing a Bible verse from her computer. Another Bible verse posted by sailors in a military hospital is labeled extremism. Well, here Ben Johnson of the Daily Wire wrote, one of the legacy media's most uh, potent forms of, of bias comes in the stories they do not report on. At the top of, the, of this list is the persecution of Christians around the world. A 2019 report from the UK found that Christians are, quote, the most persecuted group of humanity's um, myriad of religions, with some areas suffering genocide. Now a new and unsurprisingly ignored report from Open Doors USA qualifies the worst perpetrators of anti-Christian um, uh, 
repression. It helps to first understand the scope of worldwide anti-Christian bigotry and violence. Globally, get this. Now, here, here's some figures for you. 360 million Christians faced high levels of persecution last year. Yes, 360 million. 15 million more than the year before. According to the group's 2022 World Watch list, the number of Christians killed for their faith increased from over 4,700 in 2021, reported to 58, almost 5,900 in the in the year's edition. The organization reports during the 2022 World Watch List reporting period from October 2020 to September 2021 that 21, I'm sorry, 5110, so 5110 churches or Christian buildings were attacked. Yes, that's over 5100 churches or church buildings were attacked. 4765, so 4765 Christians were unjustly arrested or they were detained or imprisoned. 3,829 Christians were abducted for faith-related reasons. That means an average of 16 Christians are killed each day. Yes, that's what I said. 16 Christians are killed each day. 13 are arrested and 10 are kidnapped because they profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In all, the group found 11 nations guilty of extreme persecution of Christians. The six nations that ranked 11 through 6 are Eteria, Nigeria, Pakistan, Iran, India, and Saudi Arabia. Now, you may be asking, what are the worst five? Well, let's take a look. The worst five offenders are, number five, Yemen. The very few thousand people among the Yemen's 30 million citizens who profess to be Christians suffer constant pressure in every aspect of daily life. Christians in Yemen continue to face physical and mental abuse, sexual harassment, and rape, as well as forced marriage and expulsion from faith-related re- uh, because of faith-related reasons. And this comes directly from Open Door USA, United States. The Christian suffering uh, has has worsened during the eight-year-long civil war uh, between the Saudi-backed government and the rebel uh, Houthis. Now, according to the UN group of experts, uh, harassment of Christians, mostly mostly attributable to the the, the Houthis, uh, increased since the outbreak of the war. Uh, this is reported. Um, to the U.S. State Department. Much of the humanitarian aid is distributed through local Muslim leaders and local mosques who, of course, discriminate against anyone who is not considered to be a devout Muslim. So number four, number four is Libya. And that might raise an eyebrow, but Libya's 34,600 Christians suffer from the nation's instability and incessant warfare which often gives Islamists cover to, to violate their rights with impunity. Uh, believers who look for work are likely sent to criminal officials or, or human trafficking groups, where they are forced 
into heavy labor and pushed into prostitution. The most significant catalyst of Christian persecution has been the destabilization of Libya by the then-president, of course, Barack Obama. Unfortunately, the situation in Libya remains the same this year as it has for many years, due to the large part to the lack of a central governing authority to break the cycle of armed conflicts in the country. And uh, CNN reported the, the results of the nation's instability, quote, the black flag of ISIS flies over government buildings. Police cars carry the group's insignia, and the local football stadium is used for public executions. Public slavery uh, resumed, actually, with one man being actually sold just recently for $400. And the worst act of Christian persecution occurred when Islamic State terrorists beheaded 21 Coptic Christians in 2015. This report shows that the, that the chaos unleashed largely by President Obama's 2011 intervention continues to victimize Libya's Christians more than a decade later. All right, let's move to number three, Somalia. Although their numbers are estimated in the hundreds, Christians are viewed as high-value targets by Islamic uh, radical groups. And, and this report talked about Somalia is one of the very few places in the world uh, that has banned the celebration of Christmas. So you cannot celebrate Christmas there. Here, too, a military campaign uh, fuels Islamists, uh, anti-Christian uh, jihadists. The terrorist group uh, Al-Shabaab, uh, they, they portray peacekeepers, they portray as peacekeepers uh, from the American uh, Union mission in Somalia, the A-M-I-S-O-M, uh, who have remained in Somalia since embarking on a six-month mission in 2007. As Christian crusaders, according to the U.S. State Department's 2020 report on international uh, religious freedom, the most recent year, of course, that we have available, uh, the humanitarian relief worker also suffer, uh, rec- their, their workers suffer from persecution by equating Christians with foreign armies. They think of them as the same thing. They transfer the hatred of uh, a foreign enemy to the domestic Christians. Uh, no one is, is spared the brutality at all. Uh, quote, we are being hunted down like wild animals, said the father of a seven-year-old boy whom Muslims hospitalized for being a Christian. Number two. We're getting toward the top here. Number two, North Korea. That's probably no surprise, right? The report listed an estimated 400,000 secret Christians in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Uh, any North Korean caught following uh, Jesus is at uh, immediate risk of, of uh, imprisonment, uh, brutal torture, and death, it says. Uh, an estimated 50,000 to 70,000 Christians are imprisoned in North Korea's notorious system of prisons and labor camps. To, to make uh, such suffering uh, understandable, the, the human rights group Korea Future uh, designed a, an interactive 3D representation of the inside of one of North Korea's prison camps. Uh, the the Onsong 
County MPS Detention Center. Uh, North Korea continues to impose an almost com- complete denial by the government of of the rights of of freedom of thought, of freedom of conscience, or freedom of religion, according to the State Department. The North Korean government considers religion the greatest threat against an organized form of milit- uh, militant atheism. The the secular the, the, the secularism that, that, that fuels socialism is, is a jealous, if, if, if a false god. Socialism shuns any uh, alliance higher than the messianic state. Despite the intense persecution, North Korean believers often escape into a network of Christian-run safe houses across the border in China, only to return to North Korea, uh, equipped to carry the gospel to a small pocket of believers. And and we see that all over. We see that dictators and socialists and communists and those that would that would think of it the government as your solution for everything, uh, they they are definitely threatened by by uh, Christ and Christians uh, because they don't see them as as the uh, you know one to, to save everything. That they see Christ and, and our Savior as the one who is in control. Uh, North Korea, which ranked uh, as the the world's most repressive and anti-Christian regime uh, for 20 years, actually intensified its persecution during the last year. But it fell to second, even even though they intensified things, they fell to second after the persecution unleashed in Afghanistan after the withdrawal of U.S. troops. And yes, Afghanistan is number one with President Joe Biden's withdrawal. Of U.S. troops from Cabal, Afghanistan became the world's most uh, repressive anti-Christian nation. The number of Christians is estimated in the hundreds, but persecution remains intense. Some women are already being kidnapped, uh, taken from their houses, and and forced in, into marriages. Uh, although we we don't know the exact number, uh, of course, many women will will have to buy burqas, especially. Um, in, in the big cities uh, and where those, even though they're Christians, uh, are, otherwise uh, they, they fall prey. Uh, this, is, this is not to say the U.S. intervention in, in Afghanistan is, um, you know, it, it created a lot of liberty there. But uh, Open Doors noted that Afghanistan has, has steadily increased its, its anti-Christian oppression during the last two decades. Even, you know, even though we were there, it was continuing to rise. In, in many rural areas, it was like the Taliban never left during the last 20 years, said uh, the Open Doors organization. The organization asked people to, um, uh, to, to do a few things. They said, please pray for secret believers in, in Afghanistan, that they will be protected from the violence of the Taliban. Um, they asked God to make uh, Taliban leaders uphold the, the, and, and pursue, preserve human life, and that God would turn their hearts from hate to love, and, and to pray for, for open doors uh, and their partners in supporting uh, the work uh, that they do around the world. Although there seems to be little believers in, in most um, powerful countries can do. Uh, we we have access to the the strongest weapon, and that is prayer. And it really is and it, trite as as it may may sound. The persecuted church 
um, testifies that the, that the prayers of the of the body of Christ bring them almost a mystical comfort. Um, in, in fact, the Bible says that it's a comfort that we just don't understand. And and here's here's a quote. It says, while I was in prison, I could not understand everything, but I felt the Christians in different countries praying for us who were imprisoned. It provided comfort and it became a source of energy for us. And this this came from a former North Korean prisoner uh, named Hei Wu. Um, she said, even if we cannot meet each other, let us communicate through the spirit in Jesus Christ. Um, I believe at, at God's uh, anointed time, all the prayers will be answered and there will be freedom of faith in North Korea. She said, uh, let us endure in patience and wait until that day comes. So, so even with the persecution going on of Christians around the world, there are some really great things happening. Here's, here's from the Voice of the Martyrs, and again, a great organization. And it said that Tani, a Tanzanian, and um, Bautsru, uh, a, a Syrian, uh, had seen one another um, engaging with Muslim seekers uh, in Christian chat rooms and and uh, represented one another as as uh, fellow members, um, fellow Christian converts uh, from Islam. So they converted from Islam to Christianity, and and they they could tell that from the chat room that they were in. Uh, then when they finally met face to face, they 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 met in Egypt and meeting in Egypt, and they fell in love, and. Uh, when it became clear that God was bringing them together, they began to pray about a legal issue that threatened to keep them apart. Now, uh, Tanzi's um, Tanzanian uh, ID card identified her as Muslim, but uh, Boutros was uh, registered as a Christian. And after becoming a, a Christian at, uh, as a young man in, in Syria, Boutros fled to Egypt to escape family members who were trying to kill him. Uh, he was then adopted by a Coptic Christian family in Egypt, and neither uh, Tanzania nor um, Egypt would allow a Muslim woman to marry a Christian man. But, by God's grace, the Tanzanian embassy in Egypt issued the paperwork, and the couple were able to marry in 2009. Now, uh, Tani and Boutros uh, continued their uh, work reaching um, out to Muslims on the internet, but now they are working together. And um, in, in 2010, the couple uh, felt called to uh, Tani's home country of uh, Tunisia. And, and uh, they said, quote, we were praying all the time, Tani said, and God gave Boutros a vision uh, that there were people who were crying to God, telling him, come to us and help us. But in early 2011, before they could, they could move, widespread discontent and violence, which of course we, we know later as the Arab Spring, began to sweep the region. And um, Tunisia's uh, longtime president, um, as well as the Egypt's uh, dictatorial president, 
uh, Mubarak was forced from office shortly um, uh, shortly after Tanzania's. Despite the unrest, the couple uh, decided to sell everything and see if um, see if they and their baby daughter uh, could uh, make it into Tanzania. Uh, though Boutros was on a blacklist intended to to prevent his entry into Tanzania, the political turmoil and resulting um, lack of, of procedure enabled him to enter on a six-month tourist visa. Now, Tani uh, and her husband rented a house with two extra beds and a large living room, uh, hoping to use the space for ministry work. And after getting settled, they met a 17-year-old girl uh, through the, their internet ministry who was uh, being pressured by her parents because of her Christian faith. And the couple continued to meet and pray with her until finally her parents threatened to kick her out of the house because she was a Christian. And, and Tani and Boutros invited the girl to live with them for a few weeks, you know, while she worked things out with her parents. And soon others experiencing persecution from family members began staying with them as well. And when Tani and Boutros um, uh, met, uh, met some uh, um, some workers there, some um, of the um, um, the 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 uh, the workers that that are there to um, to help with with the Christians, the voice of the martyrs workers, um, and and told them how they had had helped these Christians. These voice of the martyrs workers offered to support um, their their uh, safe house ministry. So again, through your help with that particular organization, th- these type of things happen. Now the couple's uh, goal and and hope was that each guest would soon. Uh, reconcile uh, with his or or her family, uh, or be able to live, you know, independently. Uh, some stayed, you know, only a week, and and one girl actually stayed for a year. But in in Tanzania, uh, there there is a perception from the government, um, and, and and that that these are these are terrible things, and 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 there's a per- persecution going on there. But most persecution is from family. Uh, Tanny explained that when a family wants to put pressure on on someone, they will kick him out uh, of their house and and stop all support financially. Uh, there are many uh, times where people cannot find a place to go and stay, and and that can make it really difficult, of course, on them. The large living room uh, functioned uh, both as a gathering place for their weekly house church meeting and uh, for a communal reading room uh, throughout the week, uh, since most um, persecutions in in Tanzania comes from the immediate family members. Christians are often uh, unable to read uh, their Bibles openly or even keep one in their home. And so the living room was a welcome place to do that, to read and to worship and to pray. And coffee was always ready for those who wanted it. Um, And and, and Tani and Boutros were, were eager to help wherever they they saw the need. And in in, uh, addition to uh, operating a mobile medical uh, clinic in rural regions and managing the only Christian bookstore in the country, they also began feeding the homeless. And they started to, uh, by passing out sandwiches um, to about 10 people or so. And and the work quickly grew, of course, and and they started serving hundreds. Many noticed uh, that while um, Tunisian Muslims weren't serving 
uh, the need uh, of of those that that, uh, that that were crying out for it. Christian, this Christian couple was, and 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 they they soon had many Muslim volunteers serving alongside them. Unexpectedly, uh, unexpected publicity though about their ministry to the homeless uh, caught the attention. Uh, of the government. And the work was uh, featured on actually several TV news broadcasts in 2014 and 2015. Um, And unfortunately, this brought definitely some unwanted uh, attention. The couple began to to receive uh, threatening messages from the Tanzanians who were who had offered their assistance uh, as Muslims alongside, but they felt like they were tricked uh, because suddenly they were uh, a part of a, of a Christian organization. Uh, the police began to watch the couple's every move, and and uh, um, they were waiting outside. Uh, whenever they would they would go in their car, they would follow them. Um, and and at first, you know, the the couple uh, changed their their. Uh, where they met, um, their house church, and, and the times even. But then they discovered that you know they, they were simply do, just being watched all the time. Uh, today, the couple and their, and their two daughters have settled in a new country uh, where they minister uh, to Syrian refri- refugees and continue their online work. And so we see some really cool things happening. Just because there is persecution, it does not mean that the church is going away. Christ will preserve it within those that call him God. Let me, let me leave you with uh, a great verse out of the Bible. And it's out of Romans 5, 5, 3 through 5. And it says here, it says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, that is a verse of hope. That is a verse that should encourage you. And you should know, even though we are experiencing more and more persecution in this country and around the world, it's okay because it produces hope. And that's a good thing. And you may agree with that, and you may disagree with that. I would love to hear from you. And you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.